that's been the biggest learning curve is like the fear. I remember I was out front of Subiaco Oval, the first year at um, for Fox Sports in Perth, and um, this guy walked past. He's like, "Oh, bro, you're ugly as shit," and I was like, <laughs> "I'm like, man, we're live to air," but I was just just like, "That's pretty funny." That sort of like made me fearless of that. And then the next step was I made a couple of videos. I made one for my basketball team where I did a deep dive in this young bloke's hair, and his dad got around it and stuff. And I, I thought it was really funny at the time. It was the first time I'd actually put one out there and there was like a really good reaction. And I was like, oh, what is this feeling? I just keep reverting back to the guys from high school who were two years older than me, won't give me shit for it or something. Like that's the revert, even though you're 30 years old. And then you just kept building momentum. Then I got made redundant from Fox. Third time being made redundant in like three years in the media industry. And I um, was fucking amazed, I just keep doing it then. That COVID period was where I really doubled down. I think I made like 10 in two months. Just with each video, I guess the fear retreats a bit. You don't care what people think anymore. G'day, this is Living the Dream, a podcast from Gage Roads, where you'll hear from people who are all about going after what they love. We'll chat to photographers, musos, surfers, designers, a range of people who are living life their way. Josh Garlop and his mates, Harry Fitzgerald and Giorgio Savini, make funny videos. You call them skits, bits, content it's a horrible word i don't know but they're funny and over the last 18 months their audience has blown up you've probably seen their stuff but if you haven't just go check it out on insta and tiktok at josh Gallup. Uh, there's a heap of videos there's piss takes on the everyday stuff that gives us the shits like people who don't wave when you let them into your lane when you're driving they're annoying there's deep journalistic investigations into mcflurries and campaigns like the one that ran for two years and secured Perth the AFL Grand Final. True story. Josh, Giorgio, and Harry, g'day. Hello. Thanks for having us. Good to see you. Hey, firstly, on behalf of the entire state of Western Australia, thank you for the Grand Final. <laughs> hey, you don't need to thank us. No, you do. You're so, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. We'll take all the credit for that. Is hey. there any official thanks? Has uh, Premier Mark McGowan been in touch? Did Gil give you a little memo? Anything? Uh, well, we did. We went to the Brownlow. We got invited to the Brownlow. Um, Invited's a strong word, but um, <laughs> uh, you were there, Harry. I oh, know you played golf. I was uh, at, a, at a booking at a beautiful golf course in Western Australia, like Karen. Up, you uh, ditched the Brownlow for a golf game. Well, I just thought, you know what? It's my Sunday. I want to chill out. I want to play some <laughs> golf. I don't want to get my suit on. And um, looking back, I think it's like, well, you know, the Brownlow medal, but. Golf was good too. Golf was good too. Carrot wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, the Brownlow was. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Is the Brownlow boring? Because you guys were there. I saw your video. You were invited. That wasn't just a, a crash yeah, course, yeah. was it? Yeah. Th- yeah. It was it, it was pretty cool. It actually was quite cool. It, it isn't it what you fun. think though. It's, it's um, just being, having the, the history of sports reporting, you hanging around a lot. So I knew that was probably what it was. So it wasn't that as intimidating as I first thought it would be. But yeah, it was cool meeting Gil. He was actually probably the highlight. Gil McLaughlin, the CEO of AFL. Yeah, the interview with Gil was outstanding. He just like took everything in his stride. was so funny. He went with it. He's that oh. kind of guy, right? Like you can make those gags to him. Mm. He's Andrew really Demetrio? S- mm. might, might have fallen flat. He might have punched me square in the face. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gil's 6'8". Um, no one's really got approached him with the same height. He was impressed by your height. And um, I don't know if you ever gave him a bit of your Gil impression. <laughs> Could you give us some now? It's like, uh, what does he say? Um, the 2020 grand final will be held. Anyway, that's what he did. If it's such a niche content. But yeah, he was great. And, um, he, uh, Can you do it again? The, the 2020 <laughs> grand final will be held in Perth. He's always, he speaks. But he, um, he had no clue who we were, despite me um, 
And then he shredded us for like, it was like a comedy roast. The Curtin Uni reference was good. I oh, thought. thank you. Yeah, 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 I like. Oh no, that was him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, taking part of his jokes. Yeah, yeah. Hope so. <laughs> no, um, he, um, yeah, UWA. Good on him for sticking it to UWA. He also, um, I think you made a comment like uh, for our listeners at home, and he just interjected and goes, "Yeah, all seven of you." <laughs> I was just like oh, trying wow. to keep it together, holding the camera. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was the highlight. There was a couple of pretty good ones. Uh, Josh, Josh has about 108,000 TikTok followers, by the way. Not, not seven gil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty old though, isn't he? Yeah. Didn't do your research that yeah, well. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So no official thanks from him, but some some gags on Brownlow Night. We'll, we'll get we, something in the mail, I'm sure. Hopefully. The, the media manager for the AFL was actually like, you guys are not as dumb as we thought. Nice. Yeah, which yeah. I think is a thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably as good as it's going to get from the AFL media manager. <laughs> yeah. um, do you do you, honestly though? Do you feel somewhat responsible for for landing it? It was two years of campaigning. Yeah, no, no responsibility. <laughs> to be honest, like you know what the spiritual. I think it was something for people to rally around. Um, in the end, because I was working in the West, it was kind of known three months prior. Everyone was like, we, we, "There's no other option." And I was like, fire up, better fire up the campaign yeah. again. <laughs> Pretty serendipitous, <laughs> wouldn't it? We're going to get it, so we're going to call them dogs. Yeah. I think we created a narrative in people's heads. And then when we got it, it just like completed it perfectly. Yeah. And then you just cashed in with some merch. Nice. There were plenty of thank yous from the, um, through the comments, though, on all the, video, all the videos. Yeah. Definitely. That's, yeah, that's People true. on the street, too. There were some bigger thank yous for the merch, though. Oh, I bet. Oh, the merch. Cha-ching. Yeah, nice. well, not really, but <laughs> we didn't actually make that much money. How many did you sell? We sold 400 in the end. Um, nice. The funniest bit is, because it was the grand final week, my work had sold me to make a certain amount of videos for um, a betting agency, which it's funny because I got a lot of comments like, oh, you rip on betting agencies, but also now you're working for one. Because um, you did wank bet. We did. Our, the, what, our bit, I found it so funny. Very anyway, funny. Um, people yeah. like, well, hypocrisy, idiot. Like, you say it anyway. So I didn't get a cent for that. It was like all through my work. So um, they got a cent, plenty of them. But uh, when we um, we sold 400, we came here after about two nights of packing. We're like we're frantic. I was leaving work and someone goes, oh, I just bought two of your T-shirts. I was like, what? And I forgot the post had gone live and the thing had gone live. So... We che- I checked online and I'd, we'd sold 167 orders in like an hour. And we'd, we'd ho- I was like, I hope we can sell like 10. Yeah. And we'd get our money back. And then, we're like, f- then it, we realised we have no way to send them. So we had to message Harry immediately. Well, Josh gave me a call at about 10 to 5, I think, on the Tuesday maybe and said, we've had a few orders come through. Can you go and grab about 80 standard parcels um, for Australia Post? I grabbed, uh, yeah, 70 and then 10 Express, just in case some people splashed out on the Express um, uh, fee for postage. That night, I think we had had the 160 had come through and we go, okay, well, hang on a sec. We've, got a, we've literally got a T-shirt business here. We don't know how to run this. And <laughs> we, had, we just started handwriting parcels out. Mm. Um, it, was like, a, it was a long day. Meg was great, my girlfriend. And then, um, then after the next night, we all came together and started delivering them two by hand. And um, I asked Meg, oh, shit, we've been working for 70 hours. How much have we made? She's like, you're negative 200. <laughs> <laughs> we figured out the only way to make money was to actually hand deliver them and keep the postage money. <laughs> that is so good. 
But you just don't look at the petrol bill after. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe the next T-shirts will be a little <laughs> bit more financially lucrative. <laughs> Hopefully. People yeah. people just say, you guys are idiots selling for 20 bucks plus postage. Is I'm that all you I charge? would have paid 50 bucks for these. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you can get a blank tea for 20 bucks. That's gold. I know. Idiots, right? Yeah. How about when we went to pick up an... Um, the additional orders. We ordered about 80 more the day before the grand final. Was that right? About, yeah, we saw yeah. some in person on the day before. Yeah, and the guy that printed them himself was like, guys, oh, nice T-shirt. Um, can I buy one of you right now? And I think Josh sold it to him for 30 or 40 bucks. And then I was just thinking, <laughs> the guy made hang on, you printed these, man. You could have just put another one on the right. No, he was supporting it. He was getting yeah. around it. Yeah, it was nice. Lovely, what a like. better way to reward him through yeah, inflating the price. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the funniest thing he said to me when we picked the first lot up, he goes, mate, can you not tell anyone I made these? The AFL is so litigious. They were going to sue the pants off me. But then the AFL media team all bought one, so it was good. Nice, you're on their good side. I hope so. Yeah, after the Brownlow performance. I said that was for evidence. That's why they... <laughs> <laughs> How good. So does that feel... I don't want to jump too far ahead, but the learnings from the T-shirt business, does that mirror the learnings, what you've been doing with the video stuff? And I know at the top I was like struggling to articulate what you guys do, but you make videos and oh. they're funny and people laugh and heaps of people watch them. But has it been a bit of a learning curve for that as well? Jamie, you're spot on, by the way. Your intro was fantastic. Oh, thank you. And I, I was actually about to jump in and say, I call, um, well, he's, Josh has saved in my phone as the lol factory. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's just a nonstop um, lol factory, pretty much. Laughs coming off the production line every single day. He's always onto something. Printing laughs. I started making them like five years ago, but they're all from like me. Though I was, I was really scared. I think that that's been the biggest learning curve is like the fear, and I, 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 don't, I don't know if anyone, I'm sure people could relate to this in a heap of different industries, and I'm sure these guys could. But um, I think the fear originally was when I was in broadcasting, like TV reporting, I was scared to go in front of camera because I looked like an idiot, like giant ranger. And I remember one time outside suit. <laughs> I feel really bad that I nodded. <laughs> When you were saying that, I yeah. don't think you're a giant <laughs> ranger, but it was you said it with such conviction that I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, you, you look great. I remember I was out in front of Subiaco over he once. In my <laughs> you freak. For first year at, um, for Fox Sports in Perth, and um, this guy walked past. I was like, oh, bro, you're ugly as shit. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, man, we're live to air. And then, um, but I was just, just like, if that is, that's that's pretty funny. Like, this guy's going out. Of, it was quite funny. So... That sort of like made me fearless of that. And then the next step was I made a couple of videos. I made one for my basketball team where I did a deep dive in this young bloke's hair and his dad got around it and stuff and in a funny way. It was actually quite – I thought it was really funny at the time. And um, it was the first time I'd actually put one out there and there was like a really good reaction. And I was like, oh, what is this feeling? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, oh, maybe people don't – like I just keep reverting back to the guys from high school who were two years older than me won't give me shit for it or something like that's the revert even though you're 30 years old yeah i'm not hanging out at the canteen anymore. no no like, no yeah. no and then um and then you just kept building momentum and then i started and then i got made redundant from fox third time being made redundant in like three years in a media industry and i um so fucking amazing i'll well just keep doing it then and then i that was that that covid period was where i really doubled down and i think i made like 10 in pardon me two months and then just with each ep, each each video, I guess the fear retreats a bit. I think the fear was the big thing for me. Like it's it's still there, but I don't know, you don't care what people think anymore. I don't know. What, do you guys have that feeling ever? Or yeah, I don't know. I remember the first one I did with you, or the first like uh, I suppose like big one 
that like people spoke about that I did with you was the um, Perth winter one. Oh yeah, we're wearing, love like, that one. Hey? Puffer jackets. Mm. Um, but nah, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes you think like, God, do I look like an idiot? And then I don't know. People like them. You just, uh, yeah, you get over it, I guess. The yeah. feedback's been pretty good. Like it's you know. It's probably been put to bed now, right? But initially, when you're putting the first ones out, you're probably shitting yourself that everyone thinks you're a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. And it, it's actually, this goes back to the the reporting thing. It's like people always think those guys are dickheads too. The reporter, like, it's pretty easy to point, poke fun at the guy that's so serious all the time. But where, I remember whenever I was doing it, I was like, sport's not that serious. And sport's kind of like when people are losing their shit in the newsroom about some cricket thing. I was like, who gives, I, kept, I, I said, who gives a fuck? Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, this is so dumb. But um, I love sport, but I think it, a bit of it came back from that as well. A little bit of perspective. So how did you three guys get together and start doing this together? Well, I'd seen Josh had been doing it for a year or, year or so seriously or making a bit of few videos. Like six months, six months or something. Yeah. yeah, and I think when you asked me to, I think it was more just like, hey, do you have time? Do you want to come and get involved in one? I was I was always super keen and didn't really care about making a fool of myself. I I think like some big influences for me have been Hamish and Andy and seeing what they do. There was it's like a pretty particular example that's been a massive inspiration for me in my life is seeing their content online where they'd take the piss out of say the sales staff in the office. And I remember seeing that maybe ten plus or even fifteen years ago and going, I want to be on the fun side and not the guy the computer all day. And then I guess I've taken this path to e-commerce, and you, you know, you know, just just do commerce for the sake of it after school because I don't know what, what I wanted to, wanted to do. But then working my way into a radio station, into sales after coming from a marketing agency, and then when being in that um, sales position, going, now nah, this is not for me. I want to go and like I call it the fun side of the building to go and do broadcasting stuff. Right. So you you came from the other side. So that was something that. Touched you pretty pretty heavily. Yeah, like I have a I have a pretty specific memory of one video, but yeah, I think I think that was always the case. Like I was gonna like you guys did the Whopper, all three of you did the Whopper course, right? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like I was at a point um, working in sales at this um, commercial commercial radio station I'm at now, where I was I'd, I'd done the audition already for the Whopper uh, post grad broadcasting course and got in, but I wasn't at a point in my life where I could go and afford to study. Not only full time, but it's literally like a nine to five thing, right? Mm. Like it's not. There's no spare time to work casually. It's pretty full on for those like yeah. non media people listening. It's like a post grad course in broadcasting where you learn how to do radio and TV, and mm. yeah, you're pretty much there pretty all day, and all night. Yeah. And then I was gonna like long story short, I was gonna quit the sales stuff and then go and do the Whopper course the next year, um, unless I could get my foot in the door. In the programming and broadcasting side, I asked I asked one guy at work, the boss, five times if I could go and push a button, learn something, and eventually he um, got poached to another radio station. And um, some people were pretty unhappy about it and crying. He'd been there for twelve plus years, and I was in the corner going, "How good? Oh, sorry to see you go, mate. <laughs> like he's a nice guy, but yeah. I mean, who am I to come from sales? And why would he give me a shot? Like, what's my what are my qualifications or anything like that? Apart from being passionate about it. But then the next day, caretaker program director comes in and I go, "Hey, mate, can I learn something?" He goes, "Yeah, you can start learning the uh, panels with the breakfast show on Monday." Boom. I went, okay. And then from there, I just I guess I think I'd done a couple videos with you already at that point, Josh. But from there, I think my yeah, the goal was just to create stuff and have fun with whatever I'm doing or working in. 
I mean, yeah, you killed it. Like you cut all those corners and like just you're on air now. It's sick. Yeah, it's and good. You saved yourself like an entire year post grad. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm at a I'm at a, a point where some people might want to be after the after they finish the course um, without doing it at all. Yeah, which was really which was really good. And, and you saved yourself like forty thousand dollars in hex debt. Like yes, how good? Yeah, Terri- it was terrific to do that. <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking about. Don't yeah. remind. Yeah, yeah, still paying it off. All good. I think that's what he said though. Like it's the creating something. It's just making stuff. So a lot of people look at it like, oh, you want to be an actor. It's not. It's writing. Like I think writing's the thing I get the most sat- like I get satiated from. Is like I've written that. I've created that. I own that from working in things where, whatever you know, no matter how good it is, someone else owns it. Kerry Stokes owns it. Rupert Murdoch owns it. Now we own it. So even if I'm homeless, I can still make something that I own. Yeah. How does the writing work with you guys? Do you have a Do you have a process? Do you figure it out on the <laughs> run? Has it changed over the last eighteen months? How can, does it come together? Can I just say, early days, it was um, Josh comes over, goes, "I've got an idea. We've got to film this thing. We've got to film this thing." Comes over and just starts whips the camera out and goes, "It is very collaborative." And Josh is taking in our ideas as well, and everyone's putting in good ideas. But it was, it's definitely changed in the last probably six months, particularly to be more. All, a little bit more organised and, and, sc- mm. and scripted definitely because we've found that having the script you can bang it out so much quicker. And like Giorgio comes up with heaps of ideas. I think I think early days too he would be like, hey man, this, he's got a pretty good like good eye for that stuff. And then, um, it, but it wasn't. And then I guess sometimes it would help me fleshing it out a bit as well. Yeah, well you were always like because I always had ideas, but I was always like super lazy and just never got around to like doing anything. So I'd be like. Oh, hey, man, like, what do you think of this idea? Josh's like, yeah, I love it. Come around tomorrow. And I'm like, ah, uh, okay, all right, sure. And so, like, I know I felt like that was good in that Josh was always, like, super motivated to actually do it. And I actually, I had an idea, but obviously, mm. you know. Well, it's the yeah. hardest bit. And then I'll have an ever-growing list. <laughs> oh, I would often call you, say, if I had an idea, and you'd go, yeah, cool. What's the... What's the funny bit of it? What's the punchline? He's like, yeah, that's a problem. Like, that's definitely something people associate with being a, a minor inconvenience in their life, you know. Like, you could identify that as a humorous thing. Kind of like Larry David comedy. But then it's like, what's the punchline? Why are we making a video about it? Josh explaining and videos I'm, I'm well. like, no, nah, I'm like, you, you make it funny, mate. Having Josh explain videos as well is so funny because he's just like, He's so unhinged explaining it and he just goes like 100 miles an hour. Oh, like the excitement is bursting. It's so yeah. confusing. It's like, all right, and then like Harry comes in and he makes a fart noise and I laugh and I throw a, a pie in his face and I'm, sitting there, I'm like, where's the gag? And he's like, trust me, it'll work. And to your credit, like it always does, like it lands somehow like in your editing. And like, but Sometimes. Josh, remember, the, remember when you pitched me the raining one? Yeah, that's um, a good one. And I, <laughs> I think you said, no, it is. It's That's funny. It's fucking fantastic. And the, um, you said, yeah, I pitched this to Meg and she gave me like a blank look. And then I, you called me and I was like, yep, back you in, mate. Let's do it. I'm like, let's just do it. And um, What was the raining it one? Was good. Is that yet to be, yet to uh, be done? We already did it. Like I was in bed and um, the, oh, yeah. the rain was like, it sounded like someone slapping their thigh. And it would be funny <laughs> if like I, check, I thought it was raining, but it was just Harry outside my window. Playing like thigh slaps, and then I was like the the double the double fake or whatever. What do they call that? The double whatever that is, where you think it's already landed, and there's another edge to it. So in this one, it was like, what's really going on? Is like <laughs> Stacy left me, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, all right, and then I'm joining him, 
and we're slapping and we're that's the rain but then it cuts back and Meg's still in bed wide awake just like what the fuck are these guys doing <laughs> yeah one of the weirder ones but I like that I think that's like the goal and this is again back to the fear thing is the more we do it the more adventurous we get as well and then you don't when when you're just like oh this is completely ridiculous but I don't care if someone thinks I'm weird what was the first one where you thought there's something in what we're doing um more so than here's a funny idea i'm going to make some videos and some people will like it where you thought there might be more to it when there's like this could be like a job potentially down the low like creatively or something oh that's a good question um like the pubs are back one was pretty good that that was just a bit insane like the amount of people that saw that and then just also when we worked one from start to finish like a craft like uh like it was almost like a campaign like what we effectively did with which we didn't even realize we're doing with the the grand final stuff was like an advertising campaign. Like that's what people kind of think of as like, what's a clever way to like get people to see something, but we weren't selling anything. We were just like making stuff, but there was a story that people were sort of following along. Like even like Bridget Hustwaite, the triple J presenter was fully into it. And she was like sharing everything and be like, guys, these guys need the grand final. But I think, um, I think that one sort of showed the pool of story writing, I guess. Um, and then yeah. the, just the whole experiential thing, seeing people, Jamie, with the t-shirts, at the grand final was amazing. And then they go, oh, yeah, good old Josh and Harry. Like, how you going, guys? And, like, seeing them all, the people that had actually paid money and are enjoying them for the kind of – for the story that we all created together was, a like, massive high. I remember being at the pub the day after the grand final and I saw a guy wearing that shirt and I was with one of my mates and I went, that's fucking Josh's shirt. <laughs> yeah. And the guy turned around and went, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, guy, the guy that took the halftime kick on the ground was wearing the shirt. When we sold them at Picker Bar the day before, this old bloke comes down and goes, what's the deal with these? What's the deal with their shirts, guys? My son lives in New York. He sent me to buy one for him. That's so and good. I was like, that's cool. Like, thanks for coming down. Yeah, that's good. So where does the inspo come from? Do you guys have this rolling group chat where – you're talking about this stuff or uh, do you just got to find it in the everyday? How does it come together? It's a bit of that. We've got a group chat, but like I feel like I pepper it. It's like I've been on Adderall for 24 hours or something <laughs> and they'll wake up to th- – I, I don't take Adderall. but And I actually have because I've had it. Awkward. They'll just wake up to like 40 messages of like thought. Yeah, I, I guess it's from everyone and then we write them all down. I think the key is just developing – I've read some quote once like not everything good is written first time but everything – like written is written, that's butchered it. But I think it was just like the idea of writing something and starting something and eventually getting there. Like even the one we did today on the AFL draft, it's so niche and kind of silly, but just doing it in the process of doing that made it into something. Do you think people like take that bit for granted and just see what you do and go, oh, you guys just slap this together and maybe discount like how much work goes into each bit? Yeah, but like I don't hate them for it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's just a good thing for their day. Like... If anything, that's more satisfying if they think it was nothing, but I've been thinking about it for six I months. I mean, yeah, you're right. Our, like, the goal with the videos is to entertain people and, yeah. and that's kind of it, not not show how much effort goes into them and like the writing or filming or anything. I think it makes you appreciate other people more than anything. It's like when you see like there's some young kids in the north, they're like Misfit Mayhem or something and they snuck in, I forget their name, but um, they're TikTokers and they're really creative what they do. But like people are, oh, it's people like like to compare things. But I'm just like, man, it's impressive what they've done. Like if they're just doing something, which yeah, is doing cool, anything's... and the amount of effort that goes into it. Yeah. So you quit your job recently. I did, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, how did you feel the day after you quit your job to do this full time? 
I was fine. I was okay. We have like some things bubbling away in the, the background, but um, it's more this last week or so where I've just probably had a lack of income but still spending money like I don't. Um, that's been tough. Did, did but you see his new shorts? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bought some shorts. They're very short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, when you opened the door, I was like, wow. Short shorts and a very long boy. Pretty, <laughs> pretty confident <laughs> walking around those. Yeah, yeah it's, it's daunting, but it, I think it's also like the way to go because the more I think about it, and, and to be fair, the West Australian were really, well, my boss Nick there was so supportive. He was just like, listen, mate, if you're going to do something, do it now because you know, all of a sudden you're married, you have kids or something, it's five years later and you're sort of in the same position. Which And, and I love the West. And I learned heaps from a lot of the older guys and I love – Fox and I learned a lot there. Learned how to write a lot, but um, and how to edit. But uh, yeah, bloody daunted, mate. Part of the appeal is as much as I like comedy stuff, I love uh, news and current affairs, and that was and and sport. And so I was thinking, like, but you always have a vested interest if you're associated with a media outlet. It's it's always an easy pot shot from someone to be like, well, you're just towing the company line, and so on. So ABC, they could be like, oh, you have to that. You you swear the ABC, you understand that. So I was thinking, like, what's a way where we can get away where we don't have to do all the influencer stuff, which are kind of cringe, but still make heaps of good, nice content. I hope, it, even if it doesn't work out, like, the, my girlfriend's really supportive in that. She's like, and I always have the mentality is, you can be rich in Perth working in a cafe. Like, you can go to Bali three times a year working in a cafe in Perth or, like, doing any sort of job. So take the leap now. Yeah, it's a good perspective. Oh, I'm so excited. Even the last few weeks when Josh said he was quitting, because you or you told me, you know, one day down the line, want to quit my job. And when you said it to me, what was it, a few months ago maybe, when you announced it, it was like, whoa, shit, like, shit that's so sudden. And um, like with my, with my spare time with my job, I felt like I'd quit my job and I'm like, shit, I'm gonna, I can go even harder on, um, in this stuff as well. And, like, just try and, you know, be available a few times a week for a few hours writing and go, let's film some stuff. And it's it's really – I'm really optimistic about it. Yeah, it's cool. I just kind of take it, I don't know, one, one kind of day at a time. I, I don't like to – I'm not the kind of person to, like, plan and I just sort of don't set too high expectations. And, like, if it goes nowhere, it's like, well, it's sick fun anyway. So, like, I don't really care. But, yeah, it, it's really cool. But I try not to – overthink it mm. kind of think too far about where it's going to go like yeah, if you're pe- enjoying doing it and yeah you're exactly it, and people are like oh you know what's the end goal what do you want to do and i'm like i have no idea like this is just it's just cool doing it i don't really care the main thing i've found is that creating stuff leads to the next opportunity so just don't stop almost like mm. other little jobs have come up from doing one thing um on a personal note one thing one event i created led to an mc gig um, and it's led to a bit more work down the line as well in the MC field as well. So just the more you do and, like, it's not really about, like, oh, you got you got to expose yourself, I guess, to get opportunities, but it's not really about, like, oh, look at me, look at me. It's about, like, just doing bigger and better things the next time you do something, I guess. You guys don't strike me as the kind of dudes who are, you know, wanting to, like, give out advice or say, we <laughs> did this, you know, because you're still, you're working on it and you're like, this almost feels like the beginning of where you want to get to, but... What, what is the advice for people who might be, you know, making content? I feel like it's a bit of a grind. They're not getting the followers yet, but 
they love doing it. Just make it. Like, yeah, that's um, what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, just yeah. do it. <laughs> What's that? Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just do it. Like the worst that can happen, I think, again, it goes back to that fear thing. I had a guy message me a couple of weeks back or something like, how do you get like more traction or something like that? And it's like, mate, the number one rule with that stuff is like, comparison is the thief of joy like if i compared myself to in spite unemployed every day then i'd be like i'm a pathetic loser these guys are millionaires in the same frame um but if we if we're just making stuff that you enjoy at the start then doesn't really matter like if you're creating yourself a second job then that's different but i would just say keep making it and you get better with every time like uh this i've made like seven different podcasts that were all shit and they all failed or like they I just stopped making them. So yeah, it's news to me and kind of concerning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on? No, here? you know what I mean? Like, so I mean, let's talk about those, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, will you accept these beers? It was a bachelor podcast. Sorry. Anyway, I didn't need to leave that. Cal yeah, I listened to that. Bloody good one. Um, no, I didn't. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just my, I, I, would, I would say just make stuff. And I, as you said, I think all of us have that sort of, and me too, is, that uh, imposter syndrome constantly with this because it's then you you occasionally have wins but then you're you're always thinking like I've done nothing I'm literally nothing so um, you just ha- the one thing that anchors you is do you enjoy it keep making stuff that you enjoy do you know which stuff is going to work uh, I feel like sometimes I think it will be I I reckon more than often than not, I know it's not going to be good right so often I think like I can tell like something oh this is pretty good um, this will resonate. Other times I'm like, um, this is going to be so shit, but I'm just going to chuck it anyway because I personally you, find it funny. Do you have any examples of those? There's one I did about radio ratings. Which I love the love, radio ratings. Oh, I love that well, us <laughs> working know, right? in radio. I was in that and I was like, this is going to flop. There's going to be like six people that work in radio that, <laughs> that watch your videos. They're going to find this funny and the rest are going to be like, What? I think I got that in a message from anyone I've ever worked with. (laughs) Really good. Really good. Um, But that goes back to the thing of like, this is an idea I think is funny. I want to make it. And I think we're still at that stage, which is probably like people in marketing and advertising will look at us and like think we're idiots. But um, I I got so much satisfaction out of that one because I made it and I was laughing the whole time. I wanted to be a part of that one so bad, but really had to steer clear of it. (laughs) Really had to steer clear of it. That might have been an awkward one strolling into the studio on Monday morning, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, the station you work at does very well in the ratings. They as well, do. So. They do very well. Yeah. So we'll keep everyone happy there. Yeah, congratulations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> had there been any surprise packets, ones that you thought weren't the best or stunk a little bit that just went nuts? The bad jokes one, when we like make bad jokes, that one, I think first one got like 2 million views on TikTok. And I was just like, this is the dumbest thing ever, but it's silly. Describe the bad jokes one. Oh, just, it's. Um, the, the joke was bad jokes are contagious. So that was the theme. So one person tells a bad joke and like hits him in the gut. So then, and then he's like, Oh, good one. You got me. And then these are just, they're, they're just classic zingers that your dad says, or someone says that always, they never seem to fail to get a chuckle. So we just made it into a video where it just gets escalates more and more. And um, yeah, just did really, we've made five of them now and um, they've all, they probably accumulate like 5 million views or something. The gift that just keeps on it's giving. Big, those ones are not niche whatsoever. Anyone can get involved yeah. in those ones. And um, I'm not saying that's a formula for a good video because we find, we enjoy making maybe other videos more and find other things funnier. But they just They take off. Because the news ones that I get the most satisfaction out of those is like news-based ones when um, – because I grew up watching The Office and, and 
stuff that Ricky Gervais did and and then more recently I loved New Zealand Today and I loved um, Alan Partridge so much that making fake news stories, I just find it like peak comedy even though a lot of people probably don't give a shit. And so I think like, like May once say, they make me laugh so hard. Um, they're the ones I like... <laughs> They often flop, but I just, yeah. But they're like more relevant to you because you worked in news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like I just, th- there's a space for it, all right? <laughs> I was trying to think of like what my favourite video ever we've ever done. And I have to say, I reckon it's horny mums in your area. <laughs> oh, that, where are the outtakes for that, Josh? I thought they were going to go off online. Oh so. my God. So are long. the never, outtakes good? Never have they're we had more like trouble <laughs> filming f- about five seconds of footage. Yeah, uh, because of Josh's. <laughs> I just like did the classic thing of like you, we had one line to it, and everyone kept laughing, so I changed it every single time slightly. What was the line? Uh, it was like the it was the the punchline was, you know, <laughs> you know when you like Google, you like watch shows illegally or something, or do something on a slightly illegal website. There's always a pop up adult like, content. Josh, mums, mums are hot, <laughs> horny in your area. Yeah, it's like horny mums <laughs> in your want area to bang and in your neighbourhood. Like, like, it's definitely fake. And then we were three horny mums, just like, has anyone clicked? No. <laughs> and then um, I screamed out. The line was, you I, hear like in the background, Mom, I'm you hear hungry. this like, kid's voice, Dylan, I'm with my friends. <laughs> and then the and the the joke was, I just kept making it. Less and more vulgar, or sometimes just absolutely silly. So like, I'm trying bah, to find bah, you bah, a new bah, dad. Giorgio and I had to deliver our very easy, quick lines and then keep a straight face for. Jo- yeah. And we knew Josh's was coming every time. That one did slightly. I, I just want to point out that one did really bad. <laughs> did it really? That's one of the ones that I was like, this. This See, is gonna go bananas. I spoke to a guy. Just didn't get around. I spoke to a guy on Saturday night. He goes, oh. You guys love your stuff, but that horny mums one, my favourite by far. There you go. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I see you two are a man of good taste and, he's and like, culture. The, the reason why is my mum was ultra, ultra horny and my name is Dylan. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's one where no one wants to admit they get it. You know, I, yeah, I've never sure. seen those yeah. ads before. That's true, actually. Yeah, you Jamie, know, let's go with that. Yeah, I think that's, that's the reason. <laughs> the nervousness around horny mum ads. Uh, oh yeah, I had to Google what it was about just to get it when I watched it the first time as well. But what you, you were googling, horny mums? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was awkward because it was like Google on the communal TV, and then my wife came home and I heard the keys and I couldn't click it off quick enough. Uh, no. and, oh my yeah. god, we feel responsible for that. Sorry, Jamie. Sorry. Yeah, true story. Sorry, Nat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go after horny mums. That's um, I feel red as well. Like yeah, I'm, me too. I'm a little no one knows where to go after horny mums. No, that's it. It's a a dark void from what I'm told. Um, actually, on that, is there stuff that you've gone to do and you've gone, no, nah, that's that's pushing it too far? Like, that's getting into areas that may lead to people being a little bit unhappy with us. What, three white males? Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all the time. Pretty much everything I text to Giorgio, he's like, no, we can't do that, I'll get fired. Or like, hey, man, let's, let's, not, let's not do that because <laughs> we'll get cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I reckon like heaps actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like quite often, everyone's just like, oh, it's not worth the risk, I guess. Especially with something like a stand-up comedian, which I have so much respect for. They're so much braver than us. Um, that they, you know, you can say it and sort of then walk away. Whereas, and it's uh, the room sort of often, not always, it's a bit sacred, right? Yeah, trained to sort of understand that there's anything goes. But like, like print journalism versus spoken journalism, like. Um, it's there in 
writing in a version forever, which you can get cancelled by. So This does sound horrible, but I remember when I was working in radio news and in programs, I did always have that thought in the back of my mind where I thought, oh, if I ask that question or have an intro that might be a little bit off, at least it's just gone into the ether. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, you can't pull it up online the next day. Yeah, or but, but when I accidentally tweet from the Fox Sports News um, Twitter page, um, rest in... <laughs> oh no rest in peace um so-and-so kiwi uh, rugby player has died from heart attack and i happened to be eating pizza at the time and actually wrote peace like a piece of pizza <laughs> people screenshot it and share it everywhere it's bullshit jamie <laughs> see the benefit of radio really oh with that God. story i was just saying how bad i was at my former yeah. job no no you were great <laughs> yeah. I, I remember yeah. you were really good oh thanks Keep that bit in. Um, <laughs> what's it like working with brands? Because, you know, that's something that you do a little bit more of and you kind of have over time. And, you know, we've done some stuff with you guys before just because we think it's hilarious. Um, but but what's that experience like? Not necessarily with us, but as as you do going forward. It's, um, we like all collectively laugh at this one email we had once. We did this thing with... Um, uh, uh, in brown cardigan and it's like mo- like widely mocked by people we bump into because it was the worst piece of content we ever done it was just like an ad and then people on brown cardigan are like you sell out dogs funniest <laughs> comment was like when you order inspired unemployed on wish.com and these guys were <laughs> so, good. Yeah. so good and I, I was just like I was laughing my head up and George is like I need like some time to be by myself <laughs> um but it was really bad but that was actually a three-month process and it went back and forth in ages but our original idea was and it was Giorgio's original idea that I built out into a script and it was, he said, oh, how, how funny it'd be if like you were going to bars like Lucky Chan's or Convenience in Northbridge and all you want is the actual service they're providing. So I'm going to Lucky Chan's, I actually need a laundry laundromat. So bars disguising themselves constantly as not bars. Yeah. And then, so this one guy just keeps accidentally finding the bars when he's actually looking at that service until like it's in his bedroom. So we hired lighting, we had a big budget for it and we did the whole thing. It was really cool. This was, was like so exciting. Day. It was the biggest shoot we've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it took was, like days. Was it one of our first, if not our first like sponsored content? It was our first paid big one. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was like we at a point. Gauge shoot before. It was like, yeah. wow, we've been, you know, um, contributing to your videos, Josh, and helping out. And it's like, wow, we're going to see a dollar. I don't, really like, care. I, don't cool. re- I don't really mind telling me. It was like, it was $6,000. So we were like, oh, okay, this is like, this is fine. It was a good. It was a good sense of achievement, though. Yeah, yeah. Like done the someone's hiring us for a creative idea. Anyway, yeah. um, we sent the idea, and the idea was everything's a bar, and then we gave the script, and like, oh, so then this guy, this guy Giorgio, is tormented. Um, eventually, to the point where his bedroom's a bar, and he blinks, and the same DJs there, like, um, "Welcome to your bedroom. How'd you find us?" Or like, <laughs> and there's an and the same dance was were doing the shitty dance in every room, and then there was a knock on the door, and someone said a password to get into his house which was like, go fuck yourself or something. Anyway, um, we presented it. They were like, so funny. But then we presented the idea originally, which should have flagged an issue the whole time, is we were like, okay, everything's a bar. And then the person, the marketing company wrote back, okay, love, love, love the idea. But what if instead of everything's a bar, everything's a party and everyone's drinking the products? And we were like... <laughs> Did you read it? Don't think you get it like at all. So that was our worst. And we've had a couple of things, but we're, we're really standoffish outside of Gage Rose to do anything, basically. Yeah, it's um, it's always a good test. Like, it's never ne- going to ne- go how you think it'll go when the email starts with, really love it, guys. But... Yeah. yeah, yeah it, was love, it was literally love, love, love. And I was like... Yeah, not even really like it. Love, yeah. love, love too. But I also don't love and change everything. 
There would have been something though that before the experience went that way that legitimised what you'd been working on to get that kind of offer. Like it must have felt pretty good. Yeah. It was so exciting. It was sick, yeah. For me, I don't know about you, Josh, but for me, I was – because, you know, I'd go to the – say the housemates, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go shoot some stuff with Josh again. And they're like, oh, what do you – sometimes they ask what, what we're making. Most of the time wouldn't really care. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's a paid one. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. What's going on here? But I think the funniest bit, though, is like knowing what it's worth and also not undervaluing it now is – um, and I, I think I got to better understand that working at the West Australian with like – knowing what companies actually pay for things, but then knowing what they present you. So I think that other advice is, we haven't even achieved any of this yet, but like all the young like TikTokers and stuff, far out, a lot of them are probably getting ripped off substantially because all these brands want to do is get in front of as many eyeballs as possible. And if these guys are getting in front of like 500,000, a million people per video, guys in Perth, then they shouldn't be accepting $200. They should be accepting like five to 10,000 minimum and then going up from there. And I think that's a big thing too for us and why we probably avoid even accepting anything is we don't know what to charge and also we don't want to deal with the marketing company so much but um, we get off, we got offered three videos for 160 bucks the other day right and I wrote back so get me you want us to write script act in um, edit um, distribute and then put our own channels for 60 dollars a video they didn't reply donuts yeah but yeah. sometimes like Josh I probably speak for Harry as well like Josh is like really good at reading like whether or not a sponsored content is going to be good or not. Whereas like I read, I'm like, that seems like a reasonable amount of money. And Josh is like, no, because like mm. this, 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 and like this, and like I never think of it. And Josh is like a pretty good read on whether or not we should or shouldn't do something. And they think they're doing you a favour, like often. Um, it's funny exposure. <laughs> the funniest, yeah, exposure. Actually, that's what we're making soon. It's like the exposure one. Um Paying for things with exposure. Uh, I'm going to check my email history no, no. to you and, and just, <laughs> just make sure. Yeah. The, the one the other day was so funny though. And I'm just so happy to say this is we got an offer from Twisties and they made us sign an NDA and um, they asked us like classic, what what would your cost be rather than just saying what the budget was? Which just is so awkward. Case. Yeah. So it's, it's a classic case of putting you on the back foot. So then you set your price, which is often too low. And then they're like, great. Or they sent even lower. So Josh said a million dollars. And they paid it. <laughs> I just learned this from something I heard about Nat Fife is that if he doesn't want to do something, he says like 50000 And then that way if someone meets it, he's like, sweet, I got 50000 So I didn't say fifty. I was like, I was like, oh, $10,000 for this crap video that I don't want to do. And they replied, okay, if you sign the NDA, then we'll, um, then we'll come to another agreement. And I was like, oh, far out. I forgot about it. Chased it up. Signed it. And... Um, and then they, they were like, oh, we're more thinking like $800 for this for like selling your soul. I was like, oh, that's between three people and stuff. And a lot of time we're already working full time. It's a lot. And then I was like, hang on a second. Like this is twisties. This is an international PepsiCo. I'm sorry, you're not a yeah, startup PepsiCo. <laughs> and then the advertising company running it was Gary V. The guy who very much <laughs> preaches, know your worth, don't sell out, do it yourself at a high pitched voice. It's like, fuck you, Gary V. And fuck you, twisties and PepsiCo. Um, um. Yeah, so if you're if you're hearing this, Gary V, go fuck yourself. 
a laugh if he did, and then he he came back with an offer of ten thousand just to check. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, you don't even have to do it. Good hustle, kid. Yeah, yeah thanks he'll, so much. He'll respect that rant. Yeah, that was a test. He will. Yeah, he will. <laughs> it was a you, test to know your worth. You hey, passed. Gary. Poor you, Gary. little startup PepsiCo. We're just trying to find our feet. It's only been a hundred years. It's not like we're Coke or anything. Oh, yeah. You know how much yeah. Coke, mate? Fuck you. I'm going to beep so much. Oh, that's so good. But now I do feel like Twisties um, for the first time in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> twisties are good, though. Like, I do like Twisties. Yeah. Cheese over chicken, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's funny, though, because you probably have that. You're in this period now where you've gone and done something that you love and you still love doing it. But now you're moving into this ground of, like, it's a business as well. And that imposter syndrome stuff starts to kick into play. So... This is probably the thing that you're going to be coming up against like more and more. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think it'll just be a lot of collaboration. I think I want to pay these guys properly as soon as we can. Like that was the one thing I learned from Dill Buckley because I did some work with him with work. He was like, as soon as you can pay people, pay them because like there's no point and it comes back like people people value it more. So um, I think once we get good money, I think we want to make – I just – I don't want to – everyone's been so helpful. All my friends have been helpful. They – I try not to ask my friends too often outside of about six because everyone's so nice, even my girlfriend. But these guys put in so much for so little for like basing it on fun. I think that is the key to the future. But Josh, friendship is worth more than money. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. <laughs> Gary V said it isn't. <laughs> Do you guys still hang out and not talk about this stuff? We talk a lot, but me and Harry often hang, comes over and we plan to do something we end up Watching the office, watching, um, yeah. free, free Love Freeway, the music video, pretty oh, how good. quite often. Which is dead. We actually had. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> no, is she what? No, no, we could we could go on that for about that for ages. But we had a lovely. Um, we I call it a staff party. Staff dinner, yeah. A couple of months, we went out for for a dinner. Cute. Yeah. It was so cute. Just to when we still did talk about this kind of stuff a little bit, but it well, was right also now, we went to the rest. yeah, but it was also just about having a little drink and a That's bit of nice. pasta. It was, it was really. You went nice. pasta. Nice. Yes, we went pasta. Yeah, yeah. little red. We wine. do some like couple things together. Yeah, as I well. think Josh. Girlfriends are friends. I think Josh offended cool. the waiter pretty quickly. What did you say? Did you? Did you? Oh. <laughs> we all walked in and went. This place stinks. Well, no, no. <laughs> oh, it's not like piss. Yeah. Someone yes. is really weird. Someone. I won't say that because I like the restaurant. But yeah. someone had paid yeah. on. Obviously, it was in Northridge. Mm. And they paid on the front doorstep. Mm. Um, but then Giorgio's name's Giorgio Savini, like the most Italian name ever. And then I was like, this guy will be doing the ordering. And she, I didn't outline what his name was. And the lady just stared at me and was like, I hate this table so much. And we didn't get served really well the whole night. But yeah. I had a restaurant wee experience. Um, I took Nat to my wife to Il Lido. Oh, and yeah. we were tucking into the clams, which are delightful. And we had a window seat, which I thought was beautiful. And halfway through the meal, I looked over and there was a dude, like an older guy, and he just dropped his pants, like oh. year two at the urinal style, and just weed on the window. Oh, kindy piss. Just eye, kindy piss. Pants all the just way down. eyeballing me. Just um, oh amazing. God. Ilpedo. 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 Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was a beautiful moment. That's I was like, Nat, look, look. And then I was like... <laughs> I don't look. No, I don't. it was it was just awkward. It was really awkward. That's crazy. Experience. They're big windows. Big windows. Big wee. How are the big clams? <laughs> clams are good. That's still good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I still finish them off. Um, <laughs> would you? <laughs> the clams. Yeah. Um, would you guys? Would you guys do anything live? You mentioned stand up before, but would you do anything like that or a live show or? Have you? I thought about um, if we could do like a fringe show because that'd be like a good starting point. But then I'm like, how do we translate 
anything of like any of our skits into a like a show. I don't know. So much so much of what we do is like you know, 30 second one liner gags. I think we could. Yeah. Do, I think you, we do you mean could. like like anything live or like a, a show kind of thing? Or like I was thinking like one thing we could all do is host things. Oh, I'm saying, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's parties? Have, have you, parties, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you done much I'm saying, Josh? Apart from the odd wedding? Uh, eight weddings. Um, eight. I'm doing my ninth in uh, wow. about a, a month here. I've been to one wedding and emceed it. Do you enjoy emceeing a wedding? No. I hate it. So well, you would have done it too. A couple um, of times, but I'm not very good. I'm a bad MC. Um, no, I get really nervous. Don't believe that. It's so true. I was excited because it was my first ever wedding. So first like, ever wedding straight into MC. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I reckon I'm, I'm pretty behind in a lot of things in you life. You are clearly not Italian. In life goals. Yeah. yeah. I think um, main takeaway here is Harry doesn't get invited to my um, No, so I was, uh, I was like, oh, great this wedding's going to become even more fun because they're going to give me a microphone and I can talk shit or not. Yeah. Um, but then I can imagine that you, like you guys having done a few, it would get old and boring and you want to go somewhere and not have to think about working. Yeah, you have to wait till 10pm to get plastered basically. Mm. And then you play catch up. Yes. I get really worried that I'm not going to do a good job and then I don't enjoy anything because it just yeah. stresses yeah. me out. Um, yeah, completely. I'm probably better right now from doing freaking so many, but um, I remember... I probably did ruin a couple of them in hindsight. <laughs> um, I made one terrible joke once. What was it? Uh, <laughs> uh, was it like the classic? Is this the definition of the word, that one? Because I no, that one is funny. still in my head from what you told me. What's that? Your this idea. This is the worst podcast content we've come on. <laughs> I, still, I, I remember this all the time. Whenever I think about an MC, uh, wedding MC, I think about you telling me this going... I want to MC a wedding and the first thing you say is you get up and go, in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary... No, Webster's dictionary defines wedding as the melding of two. It's an office quote. Oh, is it office? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just the Josh Garth original and that's why it stuck with me. For no, time. no. It was, um, so it was my mate's wedding. We were in Sorrento. It was, he'd give me a five-minute by five-minute itinerary for the entire thing. And wow. No one else had more to do, not even the best man. So it was. he asked me to go an hour early to the reception to check all the mic equipment and all the oh. stereo, despite everyone sinking piss in the Sorrento Beach pub in, in Victoria. Anyway, um, the joke was one of the, the groomsmen, the groomsmen had smashed his car drunk into the his parents garage and he was a funny guy um that it was like a thing he'd done when he's 20 was a terrible thing he did um and rode off the car and destroyed it and i go this reminds me on the mc i was like this reminds me of the time callum drove his parents car and smashed it into his um rode off it off thing and then before i could say wait wasn't that you kim um Callum's dad goes, no, he didn't. And then like started spraying me. I was like, and I couldn't get the landing. I was like, wasn't that you, Kim? And no one heard oh, it. No. They were, yeah. So let's move on. It's a joke. It's nothing is so bad. Wow. <laughs> the best thing about being asked to be an MC is when the groom or bride ask you, they, they ask you like it's like you're, they're doing you a favour. It's an honour. Yeah. Like, <laughs> such a privilege. Yeah. You I'm must ta- be so excited. I'll take you out for dinner. Yeah. And you get to do this at our wedding. Yeah. And here are your notes, minute by minute, apparently. Yeah, it's a, it is a shit gig. Uh, but live shows, sweet. I think there's something in there. I'd, I've got a couple of things written down that I reckon we do, um, whether it's around news or around something else, or around something, a spoof or something. I think there's something for sure. I think um, a lot of the guys I really like, like Guy um, Williams from New Zealand and um, a lot of those, a lot of the Kiwi comedians in sport as well, they do live stuff and it's really good. So I think we just have the right format and rehearse and stuff, obviously. 
Cool. Coming to a fringe near you soon, maybe. 2025. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Hey, guys, thanks for the chat. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jamie. That's Living the Dream by Gage Rhodes. Gage is an indie brewer just out of Frio in WA that's all about going after it and having an epic time with a few brews. Check them out at gagerodes.com.au. Thanks again for having a listen. Subscribe so you don't miss an app. Share it with your mates. Chuck us a rating. And get in touch if there's someone you want to hear from on the potty. I'm Jamie Burnett. Cheers.